Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Ed Spangenberg from Click Tea Shop. And if you're down in the dumps and you need something to pick you up, there's only one thing that will do. What's that? The Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Uninhibited and uncensored for your listening pleasure. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place. It's time for another bonus episode. We're calling this one, Give Me a Little More Time to Slide It In. Zeus, Tommy, how are ya? What's up, buddy? How are you? What a, what a spectacular intro for our bonus episode. Thank you so much. Zeus, what's up, buddy? Ah, uh, life is good. Can't complain. I'm with you two handsome bastards. Absolutely. Oh, the, the the good looks here are just maybe we'll have to finally publish this one on YouTube. Ooh, people want to see this. It's raining good looks. Oh, it's raining. There's one good looking guy. There's one good looking guy, the bald one. See? Sonny knows. Sonny knows. <laughs> oh, so so wait a minute. If you want to shit on yourself, go ahead. Why do you have to lump me in with you? Because <laughs> I don't want to be alone. Oh God, I don't want to be alone. The only one good looking here in this you in this uh Skype video is my little Jericho wrestling doll. I mean uh <laughs> action figure over there. Oh That's god. It. I think the only good looking thing is this green guitar I got back here. It's a Vi. Yeah, what is that? I can That's I can see Loch Ness Monster, baby. That's a Loch Ness Monster, Ibanez. Okay, because I can see the bottom of it. That thing is amazing looking. And that and that kiss poster that you have behind you framed, I have that exact same one, not framed yet though. Oh, yeah, I'll have a guitar hung in front of it here in about two weeks. Ooh, nice. What guitar? Do tell. It's cloud, baby, white. Okay. There's uh, there's uh, Jack Daniels bass right next to it. Look. Uh, yes, I've seen that. That's awesome. And then what's the other one next? It looks like a casket or something. Uh, it's the Epita, um, Zach Wild Epiphone Epita. Oh, okay. Okay, nice, nice. There we go. Yeah, I have nothing behind me except a bathrobe and some baseball hats. So <laughs> I got my guitar hero guitar back there. You want me to pull that out? <laughs> What's the little thing that three by five that's on a on the wall by itself? What is that? In my place? 
that looks like Michael Bolton, like a single or something. See that thing? Are you talking yeah. Tommy's or mine? Yours. That little blue thing outline. What is that? Up there? No, no, no. Behind you. There, yeah. The wall? Yeah. It's like a calendar of my daughter when she was like five, you <laughs> jackass. <laughs> Michael Bolton. <laughs> Sonny thinks you have a Michael Bolton poster in your room. <laughs> it looks like the sole provider single. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Okay, first of all, wait, wait, we gotta stop. The fact that Sonny knows what the sole provider single looks like is a problem. I don't even know what the hell he was saying, sole provider. I guess it's an album title that you know what he's talking about. <laughs> oh god almighty. Here we go. Shame. So Shame. yeah, so so this bonus episode is going to be about Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah, and this will be the last uh, bonus episode. Oh man! Uh, so we are doing Michael, another bonus I, episode, right? Wait a second. Say it again. Michael Bolton title song title is "Said I Loved You, But I Lied." <laughs> you don't remember that song? Yeah, unfortunately, I do, and I'm a little bit alarmed here. So, so you just came off the Monsters of Rock cruise, and we'll talk about that. Do they have like a Michael Bolton cruise or anything like that? I roomed with them. Oh, cool. How was? How was? <laughs> the... Which one, Steve? Uh, Steve Michael or? No, none of those guys look like Michael Bolton. <laughs> Oh BC's, BC's on the top bunk. I come in late one night. He goes, Sonny. I'm like, yeah. You okay? I'm like, dude, stay put, dude. Stay exactly where you are. Oh, I'm doing just fine. <laughs> After 25 years or whatever he had that night, I'm like, you stay put, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't need any loving. <laughs> oh, God. You. <laughs> so how was your Monsters of Rock cruise? Well, as you can tell, I'm sounding like a gremlin because uh, seven days of screaming for 20 hours a day uh, will do it to you. But uh, it was a great cruise, man. So I saw some unbelievable bands um, and then saw some straight up crap, too. So, yeah. um, But it was a great time. Definitely was. So can you name names on uh, what some of the favorite or surprising bands that you saw? Yeah, the two surprising bands to me was a band called Heat, which is from Sweden, and a band called Shiraz Lane, which is from Finland. Wow. And uh, what, uh, you know, Stephen and I talked about a little bit, it's the European bands, they come to rock, man. They, they ain't got no choice because there's so much competition. It is ridiculous. And because of them, CJ Snare from Firehouse is on... Um, he's on stage and he's like, uh, we just saw the bands that played the last two days and they put their best performance out there. Usually they're pretty boring, but they know they had to come to rock. Otherwise they'd be on the bottom end of the list. So, um, you know, American rock is just gotten a little bit lazy when it comes to live sometimes. Wow. Yeah. And you're, and you're right. A lot of those, those European bands on that cruise, they probably know that I'm thinking that's probably the first time that a lot of people may actually see them and they're like hey we got to make a good first impression let's perform for these people that may have never heard of us and maybe you know kind of get the word out because you're right th those bands from finland they're not going to come over to america and tour you know well yeah, just don't have the money right 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 and well all they have to do is get on you know the grown up rock podcast or part of in hell and uh you know you get a couple podcasters that listen and spread the word 
and promote their music and it gets out there. And that's what's helping a lot of those guys. And it's nice free advertising that they can do. Yeah. You would think that, uh, the free advertising helps. I think it helps. You know, I, I do it just to do it because I'm going to talk music anyway. And it's nice talking music with friends. Um, but I can't imagine it's hurting. So it's gotta be helping. Yeah. Plus, I would love to hear an interview between Stephen Michael's accent and some guy with a Finnish accent. <laughs> it's coming, baby. It's coming. <laughs> There's nothing like you're talking to a Finnish singer and he says, bitch, please. And I'm like, did you just say bitch, please? Hillbilly. Foghorn Leghorn. Oh my god. Anyway, that is poor Steven. Um, so last time we had you on, we did Appetite for Destruction, which I remembered we after we played the episode, I remembered we forgot to mention how well it did. That album sold 30 million copies. Best-selling debut of all time, but 30 million copies. That is insane. Yeah, that is is mind-blowing because you just – you'll never see numbers like that ever again in the digital age. Oh, unreal. Um, And this week we decided – oh, before we go on, um, how did we do? We did a poll, right? Yeah, so we did. Uh, we always do a poll. So the the bonus episode poll was, and for people that follow us with the kiss polls and everything, Twitter allows you to do four options. I think we we usually do two on Facebook. So we just did something simple: favorite song um, from <clears throat> from Appetite. So sh- uh, the Twitter poll got Rocket Queen was the winner with forty percent of the vote. Welcome to the Jungle twenty four percent. Sweet Child of Mine and Mister Brownstone tied at eighteen percent. And on Facebook, we had Welcome to the Jungle versus Rocket Queen. Rocket Queen won 60 to 40% on that one. So everybody's correct because Rocket Queen is the best song on the album. 18% of the people are correct when they voted Brownstone. (laughs) Like, you know what, though? I wouldn't have a problem if somebody made me say that that was the best one. It's a great it's a great song. The whole album, you know, so you can't argue with any of those picks. I would say 17% got it wrong on that one. But that's okay because I know you're the 1% that would have picked it. I can't <laughs> believe that that's that, that that many people picked it. It's a great album all the way around. Um you know, we had a lot of fun with that one and now we're uh and we got a lot of comments and we'll read about those comments at the end. Yep. Um from the feedback we got. But now we're switching gears. Uh we're going over and we're going to do this one on Slide It In, the White Snake album. Yep. White Snake Slide It In from 1984. Um, Appetite for Destruction was kind of a group decision. This was kind of a, a little bit, I mean, we kind of all agree on what we're picking, but <clears throat> I wanted an album um, that was, you know, a, a favorite, something, an album that's important to me, and an album that wasn't necessarily cliche. Like, you know, we weren't going to do, you know, Back in Black or Pyromania. Maybe in the future we'll do those, but kind of wanted to stick to something that's popular, but not, you know, not obvious. So, like we do with our album reviews, we talk about, you know, our experience with the album, our history with the album, what we have. So, this came out in 1984. So, 
I was 11 years old when this came out. I have a sister who's four years older than me. So she was, she was 15 at the time. And I got into a lot of like hard rock through her. Cause she had, you know, she got, she had like master puppets. It was all the cassettes, you know, master puppets, like Def Leppard high and dry. This was one too. And this album to this day, and we'll talk about it when we do the track by track, just one of the defining eighties albums for me as a kid growing up. And even at this age, 46 years old, I mean, just to, to hear an album that sounds as fresh and as masterfully produced as this one is, um, just an iconic album for me that I still listen to this day. Zeus. Oh, um, yeah. White snake, this album. So we always talk about our first memories. Um, I don't remember this per se. I remember going into a, do you remember the strawberries near, I think it was Woburn Burlington line, Tom. Yep. Yep. And it was like near service merchandise. Absolutely. Used to go there all the time. Yes. Yeah. There I walked in and I saw the first white snake posters of them coming out. Yep. And promotional stuff from the White Snake album. I was like, who the fuck is White Snake? And you know, back then when you're buying all the hair metal type CDs and that are coming out and stuff, you're like, oh, look at this. It's shiny. It's new. I, I got to see this. And then what do you call it came out? Um, uh, the White Snake album in, uh, in still, still the Night. Self titled. Yep. Yeah. And I saw that, and that was the first, I think, concert. I think I told you about that. I went to, and I saw, and I think Great White opened up. I was oh, a freshman awesome. in high school. And I was like, oh, these guys are better than Led Zeppelin in my head. I'm like, you know, because yep. everything was the comparison right away. Oh, they're a ripoff artist. Um, and then from there, I went backwards like I normally do. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? How did I miss when this came out? And I was immediately drawn to like the videos, um, slow and easy. And, um, you know, you remember the, the sliding in the title and everything and yeah. And then I fell in love with it. And then eventually it kind of supplanted the original, um, self-titled album. And I've been drawn to it ever since. And I always listen to it, um, to white snake. And, uh, so, you know, when you said, when we each had to pick an album and you picked this, I was very happy and very on board. Yep. Sonny, what do you got, buddy? Uh, so I'm 15 in 84. Um, saved my birthday money and my Christmas money and went at the end of, right at the end of 84, bought, I was going to buy three albums, but I ended up buying four. Um, Bought Animalize, Purple Rain, and Slide It In. Those were the three I was going to go buy because I had seen the videos, right? So I, the Hoop to Fire, that was done. Purple Rain, I'd seen the movie already, that was done. And then day, Coverdale was the first time that I had seen somebody work the mic stand, right? Because I'm watching yep. Prince, I'm watching Kiss, I'm watching YNT. Everybody I'm really looking at is playing an instrument except for Roth. And Roth wasn't much for the microphone. Like, he would pull the microphone out, but he wasn't playing with the stand much unless he was doing one of those dance thingies or whatever. But you didn't see that much until afterwards. So I remember Coverdale being the guy that I, anytime I saw somebody doing that mic, that angled mic stand thing, I'm like, oh, he's doing the David Coverdale. I'm sure it came up way before that, but that was just to yeah. me. Um so I was in the whole way, slow and easy is what got me into the album. And that fourth album I ended up buying was Dynasty because when I was looking for Analyze, I'm like, who the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> right. yes. So I bought Dynasty too. <laughs> nice. 
So I still got my original album. Yeah, it's funny because like this at like, <clears throat> and, and we'll talk. You know, we'll get into some of the background of the album. I mean, the, the the story of this album is just it's. I mean, it could be a whole like three part episode here with the band member, the band members moving around, the production, the UK remix, the US remix, all this stuff. But you know, when this album came out and. You know, it, it, it was kind of re-released into the, you know, it kind of re-entered the charts in the United States because of the success of, you know, that album, just the self-title that Zeus mentioned that just blew up, but still the night here I go again is this love. But this album right here, to me, this is not hair metal. This is like early 80s rock. And it to me, I for me, for me personally, I put it up there with an album like High and Dry, where there's no pretenses to it. I mean, maybe it's a little bit cock rock if you want to use that term, but it's just ripping guitars, ripping drums, a lead singer who is just taking control of every song. You know, it's not hair metal. I mean, obviously slide it in the title track. There's a couple of the songs we talk about that kind of have that tongue in cheek kind of silliness that, you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are probably couldn't believe they didn't sing. A, they didn't come up with slide it in before they did. <laughs> <laughs> but um but but it's 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 just it's it's the it's the kind of album that I love to listen to because it's not dated. It's not it, it's not of the time. It's 2020 and this album still still kicks just major ass. Yeah, you got to give it up to Geffen cuz this is a little bit of a risk, right? Cuz right now Quiet Riot has got the number 1 album in the country or they've had it. Rat just released something that's rocking. High and Dry has got crunchy guitars. And Giffen's ready to re-release or release this bluesy record, even with the changes to the U.S. mix and the re-recording of the bass and the guitar, it's still not as rocking as high and dry is, right? So Giffen's taking a little bit of a leap here. And it's not a new band. Right. It's an established band that's had several albums, and it's a little, like, in the middle of their career at that point. Yeah, um, that's and that's like what I was saying earlier. I think like the story of White Snake is just just an interesting. I mean, if you're a music fan, you know, which obviously we are, but I mean, the story of White Snake and the evolution of the band and their sound is just you know, and this album kind of fits right into it. This album is like a gray area in their career. But Zeus, go ahead. I, yeah, I no, what I, you said, it, gray area. Yeah, it's right between the Satan Sinners, come and get it, bluesier, traditional White Snake, and. Not quite all the way over to the, you know, LA or hair metal sound of White Snake uh, self-titled album. It's right in the middle, but it did move away from that bluesier side to a little bit more ACDC and harder riffs. And and it's not a coincidence. They you know they add you know they change the guitarists of you know the sound moved. They got it the. Um, the more heavy metal Cozy Powell to play drums, which totally changed a lot for them. And it obviously got them to a different type of sound, maybe alienated some of their early, earlier fans, but definitely opened them up to a bigger audience. Yeah, they don't get me if they don't do the mix. Uh, because think about this. They never pimped these guys as Coverdale's the ex-singer for Deep Purple. Shit, I had to find that shit out on my own. Yep. Right? I didn't even know he was in Deep Purple. Yep. And then I remember for years and years and years, like Zeus, you were saying, I'm like, there's a come and get it? There's a Northwinds? There's a Love Hunter? Like, what is all this shit? I thought the White Snake 87 album was the first, you know, well, I knew Slide It In, but I was wondering, <laughs> I'm like, why is their second album self-titled? That's weird. Right, and then you find these little keep finding these little nuggets that were expensive as shit 
If you wanted Love yep. Hunter, it was like forty bucks. Yeah, and getting and, and getting back to what, what what Zeus had mentioned too about, and we've already kind of covered the the different mixes. So I'm an Apple Music guy. Um, that's where I get my music from, <clears throat> and I know that you know uh, last year they released a uh, 35th anniversary Ultimate Edition collection with the, the the thing is insane. So I throw in, I add, I had slide it in in my library. I'm at work and I'm playing it, and I'm like. Something is not right here. This how this is not right. And I'm listening to the slide in. I'm like, this is what is my what is going on here? There's no guitar <laughs> solo. It sounds thin. It sounds limp. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at it. So I open up my I open up Apple Music and I, I see slide it in. That's what I had. And then I see slide it in US mix. So I'm like, holy shit, what a night and day difference. Like Zeus said with the drums. This album just kicks you in the nuts, the U.S. mix. I mean, yeah. it is like an ACDC early Def Leppard drums that are pounding in riffs that are just crunching. And it's amazing. It's like, like, like Sonny said, that U.K. mix, that's not pulling any American listeners in. <laughs> oh, no. And it's funny. Yeah, I'm going to add to what you said about, wait a minute, this is their second album. They're calling it Whitesnake. Yep. You should see me because I always I'm compulsive. As soon as I get into a band, I got to get all their all their stuff. If I buy you, if I buy one of your stuff, I'm t- I'm more 100, almost 90 to 100 percent. I'm going to buy the rest of your stuff. Yep. And I invest in the band. Like I got to hear everything. You should see when I bought I'm um, buying like Love Hunter, Ready and Willing. And then I find live in the heart of the city. What do you mean they have a live album? <laughs> Holy shit. How long are, how long has this band been in existence? And I'm hearing this stuff. I'm hearing the crowd. I'm here. I'm like, these guys been around for a while. They had a, they had a, like a sound, uh, an audience that was like all of their own. But I guess because we're in the U S we don't know about it and we don't hear about it. And that's what kind of opened me up. But the white snake that we first learned over here, totally different. That this was the, you know, kind of like the starting point where they started to transform into that. Yeah, I'll say I have all the white snake stuff. Love most of it. Coverdale's voice between like 83 and like 91 (laughs) is the bang zone for me. Before that... It's just, it's a little too bluesy and it's, there's not enough punch. And I was glad, like when you listen to some of the UK US versions, even on this album, they cut out a keyboard solo. They replaced it with a guitar. They turned down the keyboards. I'm not saying I'm a John Lord hater. It's just that it kind of pussifies some of the songs. That's the problem. Different no. sound, different yeah. sound. Yeah. Oh, to- yeah. Totally different sound. And it's funny, you know, like, like Zeus was talking about how White Snake was around for so, for long enough that they actually had a live album and then, you know, slide it in was they turn starting to turn the corner and then, you know, then self-titled and then, you know, slip of the tongue, they would just full bore, you know, kind of hair metal stuff. But it's funny other than being, and I know this is probably a big critique if you're a white snake fan or if you're David Coverdale, but they were like, Oh, Robert plant Zeppelin ripoff. But they also never got accused of what kiss was accused of in the eighties, which is following trends this went from a blues, deep purple style band to a hair band, an admitted hair band. And everyone was like, these guys are awesome. Meanwhile, <laughs> Kiss does it. And they're all like, look at these fucking posers, bunch of phonies. Right? Yeah, you got that. 
but you know the funny thing is when they when they when they do change, I think you got the hair metal, but they got lumped in with the whole new. Hey, these guys are Zep ripoffs. Them Kingdom Come came out around then too. Oh God, yeah, so yeah. It, there was that whole backlash about being Led Zeppelin ripoffs, and then Robert Plant kind of got into it too, especially when he teamed up later on with Jimmy Page and did Coverdale Page, like. That's when it started to get a little bit of yep. uh, a little bit of a cat fight. I would say it would have been much worse for White Snake if Kingdom Come doesn't come. Like uh, Kingdom Come coming on took all the Zeppelin shit off of White Snake. That lasted for just a little bit. Kingdom Come still dealing with this shit. And trust me, they don't sound like Zeppelin anymore. I just heard them. <laughs> Were they on the Monsters of Rock cruise? <laughs> oh they yeah, the, oh, they, they work okay. in the bar, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were taking Sonny's luggage, <laughs> <laughs> doing dry cleaning downstairs before they had to play. Yeah, hey, you think I get in on a set? Ah, uh, we're all set, buddy. We're booked up. Um, yeah, but I re- see. I remember the the shit that they would get about Coverdale copying Robert Plant, even his stage moves, the long hair, the open chest, and just being very British <laughs> and, and and there's a lot of that in this album just the very British David Coverdale and um he yeah I mean it, but this if you watch like some of the videos I don't believe I believe that's him that's his stage presence what what I always find is that hilarious if you took how many members played in um Deep Purple White Snake, Rainbow, any form of D or Ronnie James Dio. How many of these guys have all been in the same Alcatraz and uh it is and everything the most, else? Oh my god. It is like it, the most like incestuous family tree of bands. Yeah. It's insane. And it still be it would still be less than the Bullet Boys and LA Guns. Just <laughs> let you know. Because yeah, I think LA Guns is like at 50. <laughs> But these guys actually had talent. Sorry. Oh, come on. LA Guns are great. Oh, LA Guns, you're right. Yes, I'll LA give you Guns, that. Yeah. But, uh... And speaking of Whitesnake, I mean, since we're talking about Whitesnake, you know, I'll just throw this in real quick before we get back to slide it in. I'm a fan of Flesh and Blood that came out last year. I mean, for a band that's been around for this long, to put an album out that really flew under the radar, I mean, that's a really good album. Zeus, I'm not sure if you have given it a, a chance. I'm, Sonny, I'm not sure what you think. I see you nodding your head, but I mean. I know Sonny loves it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't love it, love it. It didn't make my top 10 for last year. Yeah. But Shut Up and Kiss Me is a great song. So yeah. if you haven't tried new White Snake, um, try it because it's got hints of the old White Snake. Yep. Maybe I'm thinking of a different album. Was there something else that they released in the past few years that you were a big fan of? Because I could have sworn I remember you. Uh, Starkers in Tokyo, which was a long time ago. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of someone you, else. Are you, but thinking I, of, uh, are you thinking of Slip of the Tongue? That came out in 89. But No, yeah, you know what? You might be right. I think you were a bigger fan of Slip of the Tongue. Am I right, Sonny? Yeah, Slide that It In, White Snake 87, and Slip of the Tongue, to me, is a trilogy that can stand up against others. Yeah. When I you agree. talk about three, three records in a row, but people hate slip of the tongue. Cause by that time there were two hair metal for me, Vi comes into the fold and it totally changes who they are. And I think it's even better, but well, I, I think slip of the tongue has got a ton of great songs. I think that's, that, that's you're right. I think that's a good trifecta right there. Those three albums in a row for sure. It is. But if you're a real like fan of the white snake era, you listen to fool for your loving 
and you listen to the original, the original kicks ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. No, you're right. It kicks you're right. ass. Even the guitar on yeah. it is better in the original. More bluesy. Coverdale's. I just doesn't mean that the the slip of the tongue album or fool for your love on that on that album is bad. It's just that's that's my wheelhouse. That older bluesier side in that old like deep and it was a really a deep purple type of band. Yeah, more so than uh, a Zeppelin band, which they got accused of. Yeah, and one one interesting thing about get, just getting back to slide it in. So being a, a Kiss podcast and Sonny being a kiss fan we always talk about eddie kramer and how awesome eddie kramer was with what he did for kiss what's interesting is david coverdale wanted eddie kramer for slide it in and it ended up being martin birch because he was dismissed for his lack of feeling with the band which is really interesting considering what the the resume of eddie kramer obviously martin to me martin birch nailed it with this production but I that's love every- but who did <clears throat> like eddie kramer we we know who he's produced, right? Yep. All yep. the big name artists he's but Martin Birch, Deep Purple, Rainbow, Black Sabbath, yep. Iron Maiden. Which one sounds more like White Snake? Absolutely. Type of right. sound. No, you're right. You know, you're right. They're not Kiss Zap. I mean, well, maybe Zeppelin not at that point, but it, Martin Birch sounds like a more a better fit because that's the wheelhouse. Yes. Agreed. So, um. We got th- three different versions, three different. They recorded in 83. UK came out January 30th. Japanese came out March 23rd. North America came out April 16th. And the North Americans, when they signed their big contract with Geffen, and yep. they heard the actual slide it in, and they're like, yeah, change this up for the American version. So the original band by this point, so you had Coverdale, obviously. Um, at this point, um, Mel Galley, no relation to Boston Bruin, Gary Galley. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a hockey reference. Uh, did, he call, did he call a timeout he didn't have? No, that's oh. that you won't let it go. <laughs> I don't know. You laughed a little too hard at my expense there, Sonny. I'll get you back. Um, Mel Galley, who took over for Bernie Marsden. And you had Mick Moody, who's been there for years. And then Colin Hodgkinson who had taken over for Neil Murray, the bassist, who had been there for years. John Lord had now been there. And Cozy Powell comes in. Yes. Right? And he he boots out um, Deep Purple's drummer there. What's the name? Ian um, Pace. Pace. Ian Pace, right? Yep. So that's what starts this album. So Mick Moody, Mel Galley, and it's that, Legendary dual attack of White Snake guitarists, and they've had great ones. So they start with Bernie Marsden and McMoody, then they go Mel Galley, McMoody, and then Mel Galley goes McMoody gets booted out, and the legendary from Thin Lizzy, John Sykes, comes in. Yep. So now it's Mel Galley, John Sykes. And then Vandenberg comes in. Then Vivian Campbell comes in. And then Steve Vai comes in. Then Red it's Beach a, comes in. It's amazing. And uh, it's, who's on? Yeah. Uh, Hoekstra comes in, right? Joel so, Shit. Yep. D. Martini was in the band for a while. Yeah, but he didn't record any albums. No, he didn't. He did. He, he didn't. was like yeah. Vivian Campbell. He toured with them, but he didn't record it. Yeah. But it's that legendary dual attack of Whitesnake. So the original was Galley Moody. Hodgkinson, Lord, and Powell that recorded this. And yep. then apparently they're like, this shit is too weak. 
And then they brought back Neil Murray, the original bassist that played for most of their legendary albums pre, uh, prior to this, and John Sykes. And then they recorded over and overdubbed the guitar parts and the bass parts yep. and remixed everything and added Bill Cuomo, I think, to some of the keyboards parts, too, that they did as well. And then that's why we have the different versions. Yeah, there's an interesting story with Mickey. So supposedly Mickey never liked Mel Galley. He said the the sound didn't mix. He wanted Bernie back. And I guess they're somewhere, they're at a bar or something. And because Sykes was in Thin Lizzy, Coverdale's talking to Sykes. Mick's just sitting there being quiet. And then he goes over in front of Sykes and tells Mickey, never turn your back to the audience ever again. Right. So Mickey gets pissed off, tries to call a band meeting and the manager tells Mickey, uh, Dave's busy entertaining guests. Sorry. He ain't showing up to the band meeting. And that was the end of Mickey's career with white snake. Yeah. The drunk, the drama, like we were just saying, but like Zeus mentioned the line, you know, the lineup, Sonny mentioned in the drama. I mean, a lot of, bitching and whining in this band before they really got you know i mean it's i mean it's like every other band but some of the stuff it's like a bunch of friggin' chicks here yeah. come on people but they did I about five of it is... six albums with that lineup that was no they did up until yeah. now yeah. yeah right at this point and there was drama later right vanderberg gets yep. sick it's like we're not waiting let steve vike record all the parts just a few years ago um Coverdale said Sykes didn't write any of that shit on 87. I wrote it all. I wrote 85% of it. John, I think John said, I didn't even know David played guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That shit's been going on a while. Oh, yeah. No, it's crazy. But, you know, these guys, every one of those guys, talented musicians. Oh, yeah. Talented, talented people. So when they... Add in the extra parts, hence you get all these different versions of the album. Thankfully, in the U.S., um, we got to hear I, what I believe is the better version, and that's what we grew up with. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's it's like we like we've already we mentioned briefly earlier. It's it's to- it's a totally different sounding album. I mean, you just listen to a song like you know, um, you listen to a song like "All or Nothing" or even the title track "Slide It In." It's like two different songs. I mean, it's, it's Stunning the difference. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it got on Billboard 200. I think it topped out at 40, but yep. there's no way that original mix no. hits the top four. There's no way. No way. Nope. Different kind of different kind of sound. And I think, too, I think what Zeus said earlier a couple minutes ago about how this band has been supremely talented throughout their career, I think, I think that's what kind of kept this band from kind of sinking into the hair metal thing. Like they took their slings and arrows. They took their, their, their critique as hair, as hair band. But I think the talent just kind of, I think people like, okay, you know what? This band, this band isn't poison. (laughs) You know, this band isn't kingdom come. This band kicks ass. They are playing, they're nailing their instruments. They're writing great hooks. David Coverdale is just a frigging front man for the ages. I think. Absolutely. You just hit on that. A very, charismatic absolute man they whatever you could say he's got pipes yep. he's got stage presence he looks like a rock star he yep. acts like one and it gives credibility to that band and he didn't add like he didn't add in uh i don't know cc deville 
to jump in. He added Steve Vai. Right, right. Right? Right, right. He didn't, you know, he added a credible hair metal type guy, type of yep. guy. Yep. You know, and so I think, like, in every one of those guys that he, Rudy Sarzo and all those guys, every yep. one of those guys, musicians still liked. So yep. as much as people could give shit to them, like, oh, what the fuck is up there? Look, every one of those guys was a real player. They yeah. could be like, fuck you, listen to my music. Um, right. So he can get away with that. He didn't put, you know, the fucking basis from enough's enough. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is he charismatic, but he's hilarious, right? So in a recent interview, um, he says, invest in your hair. The interviewer says, do you color your hair? He goes, absolutely not. Pauses for a minute and says, I have a super hairdresser that does it for me. You know, it's just, <laughs> or, or he says, what do you tell people when uh, people on the plane ask you what you do for a living when they see your hair? He goes, I, I tell them I'm a gynecologist because <laughs> who wants to be, who wants to tell people they're a rock star? Oh right. So, I mean, he's, he's hilarious. <clears throat> and I'll tell you right now, as a front man, he has such a friggin' swagger. I mean, he puts, yeah. I mean, he is just like the cock rock man of the, I mean, and, but, but he doesn't do it with any kind of phony pretense. Like he's not, like we've said, he's not, you know, he's not Brett Michaels or he, he's, he knows who he is and he comes in the confidence. Yeah, and I think right. that's what carries a lot of these songs. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like guys, other mostly guys don't look at Brett Michaels and be like, Oh, I want to be like him. They're like, why don't chicks like him? Right. But <laughs> David Lee Roth, um, what do you call it? Um, David Coverdale, yep. our front men, the guys are like, dude, those guys are guys do not dislike them. Right, and chicks love them, and they can play it up. The guys are more like, "Shit, I wish I could be as cool and macho and funny as as those guys are." And he's got that presence. And you're right; even the little gimmicks of like rocking the mic the way he does didn't hurt putting his hot girlfriend at the time in yep. those videos. She he, did not age well. <laughs> well, it, well, it's funny that you say that, Sonny. She did not age well. It's funny that you said because there was a picture not long ago. I, I may have sent it to the group text. I can't remember. It was a picture of David Coverdale, and it, and it may have been with Glenn Hughes or somebody. And I said, "Why are there two women in this picture right now?" <laughs> like, yeah, he's a uh, he's a little weathered. Oh my goodness! You know, reminds me of he reminds me of. He may cream his face when he comes out of the smoke room. Look, oh. catches me. <laughs> Look away. I'm hideous. I'm hideous. <laughs> and then when he starts smiling in his teeth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he looks weathered. He looks like he's had some a fun life. That's what he looks like. Absolutely. Good for and him. You know what? And while we while we're at it, while we've been talking, obviously. We don't want to detour too much, but look at David Lee Roth and the reviews he's getting on the Kiss tour. People yeah. are loving it. What's the big thing I said to you, Tom, when we saw him? Look at the smile on his face. It's infectious. Look yeah. how much fun he's having. People are like, yeah, give him a break. Who gives a fuck? Look at him. He's having a blast. God bless Dave. That's cover deal. Doesn't give a fuck. Big smile on his face. I'm having fun. I'm doing music. Fuck off. You know, like that's infectious. It makes you like them. It makes you want to, uh, as opposed to, I hate to say this, as the podcast that we usually, the other guys usually talk about, hi, how you doing today, Mississippi? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, just, oh. 
Now, speaking of White Snake, it's funny because of all the bands I've seen, and I've been to a million concerts since the first one I went when I was 15, I have never had the opportunity to see White Snake. We oh will, because my they got a good God. tour right now. That's what we I'm saying. Right I, I, I never, it's, it has met, missed me, and I know, I know I'm late to the party, and I know they're not going to sound the same, but there is a spectacular summer tour this year that I'm going to. I don't care if I have to go by myself. White Snake, Sammy Hagar, and Night Ranger, and I'm that's going. That's who should do. That's our. That's our. That's what our meeting, Sonny. We were talking about events. There it is. Us and White Snake and and Sammy, your man. Come on. And Night Night Ranger, who I absolutely yeah. love too. Yep. What so, do you think? Yep. I got to look at the dates on that. That could be very interesting. Yes. See? Yes. There you go. There you go. All right. Now, so. Go ahead. Be- no. I was just going to say the last thing before we get started in the songs is we always talk about, you know, the album cover. Yep. Um, the one thing that sticks out to me and I and I did read that and uh, um, is that the White Snake logo. It's the last one to have it. The old White Snake logo before they changed it on the self-titled debut. Which I do like, which is kick ass. And the album cover itself. I mean, can you get, if you're a young kid, a teenager or whatever, you see that out, al- you see that album cover. Oh, I mean, it's spectacular. Honestly, when you see an album cover like this, and you then you look at what Kiss did for Animalize, <laughs> where they had a bunch of, like, how did you miss out on having some kind of animalistic sexual thing? Instead, you put a bunch of fucking animal prints on there like this you got a snake wrapped around like going down oh snake is tit banging the chick (laughs) exactly it's terrific so so you wanted a leopard bikini on animal eyes with like big tits there you go you could have had you could have had a leopard skin top and maybe like a zebra skin bottle something i got it oh here we go wet uh, like a wet t-shirt bra like Shiny and like an animal, like a, either a tiger, like ripping the shirt off with like scratch marks and showing the boobs, or even it up, or even even based on loosely based on the cover of the Animalized live video. It has like the claws with the. That's what I'm saying yeah. on, yeah. on yeah. a pair of breasts. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of revealing with the cla- the the claws. Okay, well, guess what, our buddy Ed Spangenberg, you're listening now. Come up with something like this, please. You did the <laughs> you did the piss cup for us. Come up with something with like which this. is becoming legendary. By the way, we'll save it for the, our next SIOL episode, regular episode. The piss cups. We'll save that because we got to get into the track by track here, right? Yeah. What do you think, Sonny? Anything you want to add about the album cover? Uh, no, I love the album cover. I think Tommy's absolutely right. Like that, that album cover makes you want to buy it. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Yep. So before we get started, excuse me, I got to spit something out. We're back, and now I feel cheap and nasty. This is terrible. Oh, cheap and nasty. Nice one. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, obviously, there are 15,642 different versions of this album. So, follow along. We're going to use the new U.S. remixed version that came out recently. The um, The one that starts with this song as number one. 
and that is Gambler, also known as Eye of the Tiger, I think, a little bit there. I fucking had that in there. <laughs> I had that. I shit you not. Eye of the Tiger. Yep. Oh, sound, that's my first line of my notes. <laughs> See? I love it. I love it. It's a slowdown, Eye of the Tiger, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now it's, a, it's a good song. It's a good song. But how do you re-release this and have that be the opening track is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. I, I'll tell you, I really like the song because any do? song, yeah, I do. Um, any song, because I'm a card player, so any song that has kind of like cards in it somehow in the lyrics uh, ends up on my Vegas playlist, so I end up listening to it a lot. I don't like the UK version because of the echoes. The echoes are weird yeah. in the UK version, yeah, but the yep, US yep. version, they clean that up. But yep. uh, I really like the song. Yeah. It's written by Coverdale and Mel Galley. Um, it has the distinction of having um, a keyboard solo. And which, which, which actually, which, go ahead, Zeus. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying you can tell the John Lord presence that we were kind of talking about earlier. Um, uh, which reminds me of the Ario Speeds Wagon song, which has a lot of guitar, but that keyboard solo, uh, what do you call it there? Uh, Roll with the changes. Oh, it yeah. Has the, yeah, right? And you have a little mix between the guitars and the keyboards there. Um, and, you know, the other couple things in here that I wanted to mention here, it, it, a, a very common theme in Coverdale's music is him writing words and including the word gypsy. I don't oh, know if he's God, got yes. gypsy in his family or yep. what, or they were, or he, uh, or he's been in Eastern Europe a lot. Where if you try to go out to eat, you get attacked by gypsies trying to <laughs> sell you pencils while you're trying to eat. Um, but he loves to bring up gypsies. I know because I used to go to Greece every other summer growing up, and they're still there. And you can't fucking sit out at a cafe without somebody <laughs> trying to sell you a shawl or something. And you're watching. Why a pencil? Why a pencil? pencil? I don't understand. I don't know. Like, Who needs a pencil? Around. They just walk around trying to sell shit. And then the other little kid comes around and takes your wallet when you're not looking. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's fucked up. And Who's anybody that used to. Traveled there and traveled to Eastern Europe and knows what I'm talking about. If you've been to any places outside trying to eat and mind your business, you get attacked. Kind of reminds us of when we went to Cancun and you're sitting outside of a bar and some little yeah. kid comes up to you and puts a bracelet on your wrist without yeah. you knowing what's going on and asks for money. And if you don't give him money, he's going to freaking cut your head off and hang it from a street lamp. <laughs> Dude, Mexico's the worst. I know we're getting off topic here, but Mexico, Mexico's the worst with that. So what I do yeah. is I just say, look, I don't got any money. The wife's got all the money. And she shoes all because they'll say $20. She'll say two, right? And she shoes them away. But then this kid came, chickalette, chickalette, and we came home with like a <laughs> fucking luggage full of chickalettes because she felt bad for them. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, you, haven't li- you haven't lived till you spent $80 on chickalettes? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we detoured because he said the word gypsy. <laughs> That's all it takes. Um, the other one is that he says... <laughs> And what, I don't know if you guys are a big fan, but he said the phrase in the song, he's a victim of circumstance. Oh, yeah. That's a famous one, too. Yeah. 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 From 
Come on. That's the that's Curly from the Three Stooges. Oh, Jesus He's a victim Christ. of circumstance. Oh, God. It, now it's a Three Stooges. God. Imagine that. What was it? We had at one time, Sonny, we had a contest at, and we were in Stonehill. Who was going to play the worst song from each at room? By the way, I won yes. with Ebony and Ivory. I blasted that from my room. Yeah, but the winner should have been. I don't know. Murph had some crazy, awful shit. But I also played in that yep. the Curly Shuffle by wow. Jumping the Saddle. <laughs> I used wow. to get Tommy cracking up when I played that. It's the greatest. It's so fucking <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, God. <laughs> when me and my friends go out in the town, we can't sit still, we can't sit down. We don't like spying and we don't like scuffle, but we dance all night doing the Curly Shuffle. Hey, Mo! Just having room with three guys, it sounded like the Three Stooges in there, too. We had all kinds of shit going on there. Oh, God. Anybody else want to add anything to the gambler? Nope. Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Kenny Rogers Roasters? Good food quickly. Not fast food. Good food quickly. Wait a minute. Broccoli? <laughs> Newman, you wouldn't eat broccoli if it was deep fried in chocolate sauce. Talking about it. I love it. It's good for you. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, man. Kenny? All right, Mr. Marbles. So, next, coming up, the title track. Let's hear it. So when you read the lyrics, <laughs> the first thing I thought of is, does he plan on asking? Does he really know what she wants? Like the the last verse is basically, I'm going to do you just to shut you up. Like it's a, it's a little hashtag me too. Now, there are some people that believe this song's about money, that he's talking about an ATM card, <laughs> and he's bragging about money. Maybe we should have a poll on that. I would love to meet the one person who believes that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, These are very romantic lyrics. Like, you talk too much, and now I'm going to slide it in. 
<laughs> That's taken out of context. Because she never says what's on her mind. That's what the problem oh, is. Okay, but she talks too much. <laughs> because that, that'll always go well. I dare you to say to any female, hey, you talk too much. <laughs> I dare you to say to any female, I want to slide it in. <laughs> right to the top. <laughs> and I never got to stop. Too. You know, you know that Paul and Gene heard this and they were like, Motherfucker, how did we miss this? Oh, that, that's prevalent throughout this whole album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But right? this, but the song, but the, obviously the, the lyrics and everything, but musically, this song is just uh, what an iconic riff. The open that opening riff. I mean, most of this album, you it makes you want to just like grab a guitar and learn the because they're simple riffs, they're not this, they're not like technically difficult riffs to, to kind of learn, but slide it in. And, and this song, there's a couple other songs in this album. Where the, the, in this song, where they, they the drums are allowed to kind of breathe, meaning they do a riff, then back off the guitar for a second or two and just let the drums kind of pound. It, it kind of reminds me of Heavens on Fire a little bit, the way the way that some of the ver- the verses of Heavens on Fire are. Um, but this song is epic. Yeah, yeah, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of if you were a fan of White Snake, come and get it. So I call this okay. "Come and Get It" Part Two. Okay. Um, it, it very similar. It's kind of ACDC like the great yep. riff. Yep. And guitars and the drums and you're like, this is pretty rocking. But go ahead, Sonny. This is where you know you hear a lot of people they hate the compressed sound of a CD. Yeah. But when you listen to the UK version of this, it's kind of loose and airy, but the compression tightens it up, and that's the whole album for this. So I don't mind compression. If it's going to sound good and it tightens things up a little bit. Yep. Yep. Okay. No, I, hear, I hear you. Agreed. So talk about legendary. Oh, by the way, before we get to the next one, slide it in written by David Coverdale. Of course. Right. Only David. So the next song legendary. Let's hear it. Like I've never known before. No, you want a crazy child. I just want to see you on the floor. Want a superstitious woman. She got a superstitious mind.
All right, which one of you guys want to go? So slow and easy. This song is just so iconic and epic. It should have been an absolutely gigantic '80s song. It should have owned the '80s, but the, the you know this album was kind of coming and going that in that time. Um, it's got one of the greatest. If you're a fan of '80s metal or '80s hair metal, it's got one of the greatest clap sections where the music <laughs> shuts down and all you hear is let you know take me down slow and easy you just hear the the clapping oh it it's just the slow burn it kicks in and oh just a, that was the error the bon jovi yep. shot through yep. the heart guitar stops and then everybody's rats you should know yep right yep. everybody started doing that yep perfect just an epic song the chorus is just it's a it's fantastic yeah, if you listen close, that he's kind of breathing hard as he's singing it, which kind of sells the vocal a little bit. Yep. Where I'm kind of lost is, why superstitious? Like a superstitious wine, superstitious woman? Like, are they horny or something? Like, nobody told me. Maybe it has something to do with his love of gypsies. <laughs> gypsies <laughs> it is a very superstitious? Com- he does have superstitious in a lot of the lexicon in Whitesnake's album. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does use certain phrases, certain words. I love the slide guitar in the beginning. Oh God! When that, that when that that bluesy sound. Oh that, my God! That pick slide right into the drums. Oh, it's yeah, it's awesome. Um, the video helps when yep. you watch this. Yep. Early White Snake before Coverdale like teased his hair up more and colored it, and John Sykes is uh, you're like holy shit, this band could have been big, and um, I, I but if you remember the video. <laughs> I found it quite disturbing that the bassist Neil Murray constantly like breaks the wall and looks right at the camera. Oh it's yeah, very annoying. It's very that's distracting. Well, see, it's funny because that was a that was a big thing for late '80s like hair metal shit. So for him to do that for this video, that's like unusual. That was a big fucking poison rat kind of thing to do, you know. <laughs> He had to do something. That's true. Coverdale's had- doing work in the mic stand. Sykes looks like a Adonis god. Yep. And Murray's just supposed to sit there and play bass guitar? Yes. Cozy. <laughs> How awesome was he on that? So Those good. drums are, he's just, a, he's banging the way. You know what I like to? Do you get that little DRC, Detroit Rock City? Right before, before the picks up and he goes, look out. And then he did it again at the ending part. Oh, he's just such a banger. It's very, just like one of my favorite drummers, very underrated, although he is revered amongst a lot of the drummers. Unfortunately, he passed away young, uh, along with uh, Mel Galley. Um, and John Lord has passed away, too. Jesus Christ, yep. who's alive? Yep. Um, but, you know, the drumming is just incredible on this. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is the, the whole to the bone. Oh, I love it. You know what that sounds it. like? We're going to bring it right back. Here we go again. Most it's definitely. Not, no, no, it's, not, it's not the Gene Simmons gospel. Most definitely. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the Seinfeld. Hello. Oh, yeah. oh hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hello. To the bone. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love that Jerry picks the sound over the girl. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. the best. 
Yeah, that's the cream. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not looking up if you say that voice, and then she gets pounded with the oil. Yeah, with the oil-filled balloon. Yeah. Kramerica Industries. What part? The money that you don't have or the building you don't own? <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. Anyways, Slow and Easy, uh, to me, probably one of my favorite rock songs of all time. Yep. It is just iconic. Um, and then anybody usually, when they think of Slide It In, they go right to this song. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Let's move over to the um, oh, slow and easy is the only song written by Coverdale with Mick Moody. Thanks to the greatest song that we've probably ever done. Now get the fuck out of our band. <laughs> See a <ya>, bitch. <laughs> I didn't say bitch, but <laughs> and take that serpical mustache you have with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, next song, here we go. Who knows where the cold wind blows? I ask my friends, but nobody knows. Who am I to believe in love? Oh. Love ain't no stranger mm-hmm. I looked around What did I see Broken hearted people Staring at me All searching Cause they still believe Oh, oh. Love ain't no stranger Everybody usually will go to slow and easy. Now, for me, Love Ain't No Stranger is the one for me. This song, I when you play this song, this is a song that requires volume. I know, like I know, it sounds like, like a teenage thing to say, but when you listen to this song, when he's when he screams and then those drums and that riff come in to drive those verses. I mean, this song is just so expertly crafted and written. And and again, go back to what Zeus said about Cozy Powell, just absolutely killing this song. It's just, oh God, I, I, I love slow and easy, but to me, love ain't no stranger is, is the, is the one for me on this. It's just epic. And this is the difference, right? Brett Michaels can't pull off the shit that slow and easy and love ain't no strangers doing. There's that feel, there's that slow, there's that sexy, and then you come and kick somebody's ass with it there's just uh, steven pierce can't do that like there's just people can't do it and that's, that's exa- what i loved about this album 
that's a, such a great way to put it. Like you said, when, when, before it kicks in, like you said, with slow, like Coverdale, it's not, it's not pretense. Like that's him and you're, and you're buying what he's selling. Yeah. He's got the talent to pull that off. Yep. And I, and, and he's got the talent to do that a lot. It doesn't mean, oh, he can only do it on one song and that's really going to, no, he's got that much versatility. Yep. Um, I think the beginning sounds like Foolin' from Def yes, Leppard. Absolutely. Um, yep. The video was pretty cool. If you've ever seen the video, um, and uh, you know the vocals and the drums are just unbelievable. It's a nice, just it just builds. It's a good song written by Coverdale with Mel Galley again coming in. Yep. Um, his second credit on this album. Um, anything else you guys want to add? No. No. Just terrific. Yeah. Other than the fact that they sing a part where it says, I looked around and what did I see? And immediately my mind goes to, uh, Joe Rance, peep out the window and tell me what you see. Three motherfucking police staring at me. Easy ease. Three motherfucking police staring at me. <laughs> I literally, I kept thinking to myself, why do I keep knowing that lyric? What did I see? I'm like, there's something that I remember. What did I see? What did I see? And then I remember he says oh, in uh, Easy E's album when he says over to MC Ren, what do you see? Three motherfucking police staring at me. Nobody move. Nobody get hurt. So here we go. That's a preview for our next month's bonus episode. We're going to review Easy Does It. Yeah. Yes. One yeah. of the greatest of all time there. Um, Only difference. I mean, Coverdale and Easy E—they'd done the same amount of women, but Easy E had had like twenty-eight children, and it, yeah, and no and he, condom, and he died from it too. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> it's not really funny, but I'm just laughing at it. Oh man, what's wrong with me? All right, all right, uh, booger. Let's go to the next one.
All right. So this song, so we got, we're back to uh, Give Me More Time, which this song, this is the first song where I have a little bit of a problem with. Okay. I love the intro riff. It's another one of those things which just has like that ballsy riff. Okay. Drum, the kick drum comes in and takes it off. But the song turns a corner during the chorus. And I just don't like it. Like when he gets back into the verses, I'm like, okay, ballsy. The core, all of a sudden the chorus is like, I'm like, no, 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 no. The chorus just doesn't go with the song. I'm totally on the opposite end. I think that chorus puts them on the radio. And if you, if you don't have some of these songs, have got a real chorus. That's going to put you on the radio in 84. You're going to have a problem. And there's no doubt. It's possible these are two separate songs put together. There's no that, doubt about that. That's what it sounds like. Um, but it the happens Gene a couple Simmons of times. Effect. Yeah, yeah, the Gene Simmons. Yeah, exactly. And he did that, right? He started re-releasing shit later um, and just kind of sprucing them up. But I love this song because of the chorus has a little bit of a change in it. It's yeah, a little more upbeat. I mean, I, I mean, I do. I love this. I like the song, but the chorus is just like you said. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is two different songs put together. It just doesn't. Because I think the verses are just are just real rocking. The chorus isn't bad. It just seems to just not kind of flow like the other songs. Zeus. Uh, written by Coverdale and Mel Galley. Um, another unbelievable riff, right? Another one of those. I mean, just so prevalent without this whole album. Vocals. The guitar. The drums. And the thing that sticks out with me on this song, you know, again, ACDC, but a little bluesier to me. The the lyrics are actually fantastic on this. Yep. You are the reason I'm down on my knees. Him pleading, the sun don't shine for me without you by my side. And he doesn't just, he, he rats that off like, like instantly. It's just vocally he can hit it and it just the lyrics with his vocal ability and the drums the guitar makes this unbelievable i i can't say enough about this song and it's a hidden gem that i've always loved this album and i always love this song but it always there's something about this song that stays with me every time i've listened to it um and then i also like you ever see the video of them doing this song on top of the pops I have not. No, no, I haven't. It's, a, it's, it's awesome. So okay. if you see it, it's a YouTube clip of them at the top of the pops and they obviously they lip sync. So, you know, you misery seekers that want to be out there and be like, Oh, I can see that. He's not singing it. Just like Paul Stanley. If you look to the left, you can see David Coverdale is not singing directly into the mic. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> That's lip syncing. Miserable. <laughs> it's awesome. The video is what you kind of had for a little bit that middle ground where the album starts off with Mick Mar- ah, Mick Mars. Mick Mars. Holy shit. <laughs> Mick- <laughs> Moody, Mick Mars, <laughs> Moody, and Galley. And then it transforms into Galley and Sykes and then ends up just Sykes. Yep. Uh, this is the middle. And Murray is back in the band. Uh, John Lord is there. Cozy Powell is there. And it just, it's an awesome little video. Yeah. And of course, it's a performance video. It's, you know, he's lip singing, but it rocks. If you yep. see it, it'll make you like the song even more. Do you think there was another song called Give Me Just a Little More Time or something? I mean, why, why the song title change? Thank- 
Thank you. I, I had that down, Sonny, and I almost forgot. Why isn't it just a little more time? Uh, I it don't know. It doesn't give me more time. Yeah, I don't Not know. Once. No, you're right. That's a good point. That's true. Unbelievable. Anyways, um, let's go to the next song. I keep looking at you guys because I don't know what list you're looking at. Because <laughs> there's 85 different lists. <laughs> Standing in the Shadow, written by David Coverdale alone. Um, I'll, I'll jump on this. Another nice riff. I like the song. But honestly, I felt like this should be on the Rocky Three soundtrack as well. Yes. It's got that It's got that, it's got that kind that. of like music there. Rocky <clears throat> Three, Rocky Four. Kind it's of. Got a, din, din. It's got a little bit of a mid to upper tempo. It's got like a driving beat yeah, to it. Like, Karate Kid soundtrack yep. or something, yeah. But I'll tell you, as opposed to Give Me More Time, the chorus on this song is what I love about it. I love this song, but this chorus and that little echo when he says, too many people standing in the shadows, and, he, and you can hear him kind of echoing, standing in, in the, the shadows of love. Of love, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I made a note of this. Okay. Hungry for love. Standing in the shadow of love. Guilty of love. Yep. Love ain't no stranger. What the fuck, buddy? Yep. Well, that's what they wrote about. There's a back few then. more other songs that have the word "love" in it. Yeah, love but this, this, this is a this is a standout track for me for sure, especially the chorus. Yeah, standout for me too. And this is one of the uh, few songs because a lot of the UK mix they kind of keep the same, right? Yeah. And even Sykes is even doing some of the solos exactly the same, which that's a little weird that you're stealing somebody's solo. But anyway, but this song you can tell the difference because I absolutely dislike the UK mix. Yep. It just has zero punch to it whatsoever. It doesn't even feel live. It doesn't even feel radio friendly. This thing could have been the first single. And if it was on 87, it could have been the first single and been a hit. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Very good song. Um, let's um let's move on. So the next song, uh, let's go. <laughs> Shiver! 
And that is Hungry for Love. So what I have written here is another song on this album. Every song is loaded with a great riff, but this just has a kick-ass riff. But this song just has, like, kind of just oozes, like, kind of, like I said earlier, like, that cock rock sexuality to it. It just, it seems like it's, like, a perfectly written groove for Coverdale and what he's good at. Yeah. Rock out with your cock out, Tom. Pretty much. uh, This was another David, written by David Coverdale alone. And I don't know if I mentioned Stay in the Shadows was also by Coverdale alone. Um, But go ahead, Sonny. So this song, this and the guitar solo, right? The U.S. version is like 30 seconds uh, shorter because they take that stupid keyboard solo out, right? Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. they should have replaced it with a guitar solo. That's one. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the first chorus, when he says, hungry for love, hungry for love, hungry for love, that third one, he goes, love, love. Right. Oh, oh, there's a little, little Paul Stanley in there. Yep. There's a little <laughs> Paul Stanley in there. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. He did the Paul. What's going on? No, oh, oh. I need to. Ch- you need to change this up. It's not right. There's something missing here, David. Could you add a little Paul Stanley to that? Okay. Yep. No, oh. Is that better? He did it. <laughs> yep. Um. But then he then he writes so many women in so little time. Settle down, Gene Simmons. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you this with a couple of changes here and here and there. This could have been a Kiss album easily. <laughs> easily could have been a Kiss album. Just the titles alone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. The double entendres. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else on Hungry for Love? Nope. Nope. Okay. Let's hit the next one.
another one that I absolutely love. This is all or nothing in the way this opens up with that another riff. All these songs open up killer. And it's just, to me, just a, a, a great a great song that just has just a groove to it. And it's got a friggin' organ solo in it. I mean, I just, I, I love it. This is, this is right up there on this album for me in terms of some of my favorites. I'm still trying to figure out what he says before the solo. Does he say when you look at a girl? Does he say you're a good-looking girl? I'm not exactly sure what he's saying there. He's kind of mumbling it. I don't. Mm. I don't know if you saw that. Get but. the cock out of your mouth, David. I can't. <laughs> let's see, let's see yeah. if we can consult lyrics here. Uh, so let's well, see. Things are all fucked up. Yeah, I don't know if the mumbles in the lyrics or not. Yeah, but um, you're right. John Lord's keyboard is very prevalent throughout the song. Oh yeah, 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 and it's it's lowered a bit in the U.S. mix, and I don't know if you noticed, but in the under the solo, what's played on the U.S. mix and what's played on the U.K. mix is different. Okay. Oh really? Yeah, it's a different drum beat. Really? Yeah, See, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't listen wow. to everything on the U.K. mix from start to finish. Yeah, but okay, I don't have the ear for it, Sonny. I'm glad you do. Yep. But Tom, you're right. Great riff. I think this sounds like Ozzy's Lightning Strikes. So since that song came out afterwards, I would say that copied this. Very similar. I'm like, I know this riff. I've heard this before. And, you know, it's quite popular. I'm sure other people have stolen it here and there. But um, what else would you like to add? Well, I think what you just said real quick, I think this album, and I don't have any, you know, proof of this, just kind of as we're talking out loud. I feel like we keep we keep talking about how these these out these songs have great riffs and great yep. openings and great bridges to the chorus and you wonder maybe for us this album wasn't as huge as it was but if you wonder about those bands in the 80s if maybe this was like a go-to album for some of these guys maybe they looked at it and like holy shit let's take some of this and kind of turn it into something cuz you can see, you can see some roots to some later 80s hair metal with a lot of these songs and a lot of what's being used Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a sh- shame that Sykes is getting the credit for it because if you don't, if you don't know, right. you don't know Mick Moody wrote all this stuff, or Mel Gall- Galley wrote all this stuff, or supposedly I guess Coverdale wrote some of this stuff, right? But this uh, somebody was Coverdale Galley, yep. yeah, yeah, this song so, as well. Yep, <laughs> my heart is burning. So when he says that, you know what I think, Tom? Don't don't say it. <laughs> I- don't say it. I can't help myself. Hi, can I help you? Hi, my pussy's burning. Can someone help me? My pussy's burning. It's on fire. Can you help me? Your what is? My pussy is burning. Then you need to come in and be seen. I fell. I had an accident. I fell and tripped over my hot iron, and it's burning. It's scorched. Then you should come in and be seen by. Can you come? Can Can I get a, a house call? I can't even close my legs. I can't. Oh, I can't walk. I think that. Jerky boys prank call. Oh my what god! The, what with a girl says, <laughs> "Go ahead, go ahead. You were gonna say it. I'm not saying it." When they call up, and the girl keeps saying, "My my pussy's burning. My pussy's burning." <laughs> the lady's like, "I'm sorry. My pussy's burning. My pussy's burning." It keeps repeating that. See, I let Zeus. Zeus is the dirty one on the show, so I let him go with all this. I try to stay respectable. And poor Sonny's, <laughs> poor Sonny's about to disconnect a Skype call. <laughs> Plus, it's Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny that you say that, Sonny. It's funny that you say that. We're talking. Uh, I started my Sunday off with going to church with my family. 
And now I'm talking about sliding it in and spitting it out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Speaking of, what's next? Here we go. See what happens? Oh, Oh, God. All right. I'm going to introduce the next song. So song number nine. Here we go. Regarded as quite maybe the silliest song on the album, and one that isn't pretended to be anything other than it what it is, and that is "Spit It Out." Sonny, thoughts on this gem? He still does the slow down breakdown thing and tries to make it sexy. Yep, but he's telling a woman "Spit It Out." You would think that's a mood killer, and then the whole thing about. Seal it with a kiss. Does he want to be kissed after the BJ and the spit out or during? Well, see, or I look, I, I'm 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 confused. See, I look at it a little differently. I think he's being very polite in this song because he's saying spit it out if you don't like it. He's, so he's going to hold the head there. He didn't want to be polite as holding the head there, but then he's going to pull away and go, go ahead, spit it out. Right. I think he's being very kind. I think this is a love song. Actually. <laughs> I think like the other song, like the other song about money, this one's about like sushi. I don't think this is about what you think it's about. You might be right. I agree. <laughs> this Zeus. was written by Coverdale Galley. Yep. Um, another awesome riff. Slide it in part two or come and get it part three. Yep. Same riffs. Yep. Um, and I put in here Gene and Paul pissed that they didn't come up with this. Absolutely. It should have been like lick it up. Then how about spit it out? That's <laughs> true, but he, but here's a this is a, a, this is a serious question. Okay, we always make fun of of Kiss with the with their with their double on try you'll lick it up or dance all over your face or even bang bang you. Do you do you think that Paul or Gene would write a song with a title that is just so obvious and so unambiguous? Because I don't. What? Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I don't either. And, you know, even with this title and the lyrics and everything along with it, 
what's interesting is they're trying to break in America. Exactly. I'm surprised Birch or Kramer are like, are you kidding me? You can't put this on an album if you want to be taken seriously. But that's the thing. Kiss was clever. What they 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 wrote it. They wrote it up where you knew what they were talking about. Okay, but there was a little bit of double entendre. There was a little bit, you know, like we always say, we we joke about dance all over your face, you know, a bang bang you or. But to have a the title of the song be that way, it's just. I honestly, I mean, I, we tease Kiss. I just don't think that they would have ever written a song like this. What are you talking about? It's not that bad. Spit it out. It doesn't mean like spit it out. It could be you got somebody behind you there, big guy, Sonny. Oh, yeah, Sonny, you got a guest. <laughs> That's the wife. This is, this She's is awesome. the perfect time to talk about these lyrics. Too. Perfect time. For, <laughs> yeah. Perfect time for I, I'm her not to come embarrassed. <laughs> no, go ahead, Zeus. You were talking about. No, but I'm saying spit it out. It could be like like um. Well, maybe we should maybe like no. go to the no. mall. Spit it out. What are you trying to say? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Stop stop beating around the bush, as ACDC would say. Right, exactly. Well, there you go. Right. Entre, right? Beating <laughs> right. around the bush. Right. Um, spit it out. Could be like fucking stop. Stop. Yeah. Stuttering. Mr. Tipton. You didn't wear his necessary eyeglasses. They um, reading glasses. <laughs> no more questions. Um, <laughs> spit it out. Um, I, I just, who knows? And Sonny, I'm with you. That bridge is awesome. That's the Coverdale Bridge. Yep. I never it, knew what of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the guitar solo, it's one of my favorites. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong. I, I have it in my head. I can, I can hum it, which yeah. makes it a great guitar solo. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's end this album. With the last song. I believe my love for you is a love that can last forever. So here's what I think happened. Somebody came to Coverdale and said, look, every song can't be about molesting somebody. You got to do something that's a little bit nicer. It doesn't have to be completely PG, but it can't be triple X. So it's a catchy song to me. I, I, I think the U.S. version where they turn the guitars up a little bit and it's a little more up-tempo, uh, I really like this song. This it's is a little... Go ahead, Zeus. Go ahead. I was just going to say, this is the song that prevents me from giving this album a perfect 10 rating. I think this song is a dud for me on this album. And the reason is it's too fast. It doesn't fit the, to me, it's not what David Coverdale excels at. He excels at the groove at, you know, like we said, his, uh, his, you know, his swagger, his front, this is just too fast 
the song the song is not breathing the chorus is not breathing it's just it's not necessarily a bad song maybe i just think it's not a good song for this album i'm just i'm just not a huge fan of it um i like it sounds a little like straight from the heart off their uh uh self-titled album that they do later on it has that kind of on up tempo kind of movement on it yep it sounds very british yeah. Guilty of love, guilty of love, <laughs> darling. Yeah, like, you know, it's just, you know, you can that Coverdale voice. I just very British, but yep. it's a good song. It doesn't have to be. I don't think it's a dud. I certainly don't think it's a dud. Okay, uh, may not be my favorite, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so that is slide it in. Yeah, absolutely, and, and we know. Coverdale is a dirty, dirty bird. Oh, very much so. Yep. So what do we do when we do our album reviews, Zeus? We always um, break down the tracks and rank them. That's right. Okay. So this ought to be interesting. There was a lot of feedback on the last one we did. Oh, my God, dude. On the cruise, somebody goes, Hey, you're Sonny, and I'm ready for, hey, I love growing up rock. You guys do a great job. I'm like, oh, yeah, hi. He goes, yeah, you're the dump fuck the lights brownstone of a rocket team. I'm like, <laughs> motherfucker, you know I've done 150 episodes on another podcast. And I was on one show with those idiots, and that's the one you're listening to? Exactly. I love um, it. So thank you, David Zanet, for confronting him. On the yeah. Monsters of Rock cruise. <laughs> Thank uh, you, David, my friend. David would um, never have a bad word to say about anybody, especially Sonny. David rocks. All right. Um, who wants to go first? I'll go first. My okay, number, number 10. 10. Yeah. Hungry for Love. It's too repetitive. Okay. Um, I'll go next. Hungry for Love. Fuck is wrong with the two of you already? We're off to a bad start. I got a feeling. Oh, it's going to get about ugly here in three picks. <laughs> All right. Number 10 for me, as I just said, is Guilty of Love. Guilty of Love. Sonny, number nine. Spit it out if you don't like it. And for all the things it is, it's it's not one of the better songs on the CD. I love it, but... Uh, like, I can't play it in the car with the kids, that's for sure. No, you cannot. <laughs> Number nine. Slide it in. Number nine? The yeah. title track? Yes. Holy oh, shit. Fuck. Now the torches and the pitchforks oh, and torches God. will be coming after Zeus for this one. Oh, my It's just, God. there's so many great riffs. Yeah. I felt like they could have done more with this. It was like, I don't know. It just okay. slide it in. It just, I'm not, the key, the chorus is... Eh, just simplistic a little too much go ahead nine number nine, number nine for me agree with Sonny spit it out number nine all right number eight for me don't hang up slow and easy I knew you could do something like that I knew it how now I'm at the point now, now I'm at the point where now you now you're just fucking with us there's no, <laughs> there's no, no, way. no. you're trolling it trolling. has to be eight yeah, but okay. not the best song. <laughs> and there's no Rush or Eagle songs on here, so something has to be eight. Oh, boy. If it was Rush, it'd be all ten. There would be no nine through 
one. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and listeners out there, that's exactly why I didn't pick a Rush album, because there's no way I'd be able to get through it with these two people. I why? Wanna... Just want to do Roll the Bones? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I'll, do, I'll do a Rush album maybe next time. Yes, it's my pick. I want to I wanna hear it, and maybe you can prove me wrong. Okay. I want to. Okay. Zeus, number eight. I can hear Getty Lee play the keyboard and the bass at the same time with his fucking talent barefoot feet on the fucking stage. <laughs> Jesus, come on, man. <laughs> Disgusting fungi feet. Uh-huh. Um, eight. Guilty of love. Okay. Number eight for me is The Gambler. <laughs> gambler? Yep. Sonny, <laughs> number seven. Number seven for me is give me more time. Ooh. If he wasn't so slow and easy, maybe he wouldn't need the time. Be a little quicker. He wasn't so horny, he wouldn't be so horny. <laughs> you know what makes you quicker? Liquor. Just yeah. <laughs> That's it. Zeus, what do you got? Seven. Seven. Um Gambler. Okay. Number seven, again, agreeing with Sonny. Give me more time. Number seven. Guys are fucking insane okay sunny six okay here comes the next train wreck love ain't no strangers number six for me okay uh, now this is <laughs> this is this experiment with a three-person podcast is coming to an end really <laughs> fuck you love ain't no stranger number six. <laughs> oh, yeah. i can't wait to hear the rest of what you guys have <laughs> how is that possible you know what? I can't. You know what? I, Go ahead, I, number six. You know, I, I, just finish the show without me. <laughs> number six. Go ahead. Hungry for love. All right. Oh, man. Okay. Number five for me is guilty of love. Oh, not a horrible list for Sonny. <laughs> five for me. Standing in the shadow. Oh, that's my number five, too. Oh, there you go. You're both strong. We are all over the place with this list. Sonny, number four. Gambler, baby. That's okay. That song's too good. It shouldn't open up an album. Don't get me wrong. No, no, that was a mistake. <laughs> but uh, that little thumping bass line when yeah. it starts, it's, it's got a cool groove. Yep. I like that keyboard. That keyboard is yep. caught in the background there. Yep. Uh, number four for me, spit it out. Oof. No. Spit <laughs> Spit it out. Number four for me is all or nothing. Sonny, number three. Number three for me is all or nothing. Okay. Zeus. Number three for me is all or nothing. Okay. Are you doing the tallies right now too, Sonny? Yep. Okay, perfect. Number three for me is the title track. Slide it in. Sonny, number two. Number two for me is Slide It In. Wow. Okay. Zeus, number two. Number two for me, Slow and Easy. That is also my number two, Slow and Easy. That makes number one for me, Standing in the Shadow. I won't argue with that. That really is a great song. I mean, that's a great song. Great chorus. See... This is what makes a great album because I think I wouldn't be, you know, other than I really would say hungry for love, maybe I really wouldn't be shocked if anybody picked one of those other songs. I like the whole album. There's not a dud in here. What do you got? Number one for me. And 
And I, I'm telling you, it, like, I could easily have had Slow and Easy as my number one because it's one of my favorite, favorite songs. But my number one go-to song on this album has always been Give Me More Time. Really? I love that song more than wow. any. Any is my favorite White Snake song. Interesting. The riff, the riff, the vocals, the guitar, the drums, the, the especially when you see them performing it. Go watch the Top of the Pops video there. You see him performing it, it just makes you like it even more. Uh, it's by far my favorite uh, White Snake song. So right. go ahead. Well, well, I'm about to bring some sanity to this because you two dipshits had this at number six. The best song on the album is number one, Love Ain't No Stranger. So there right. we go. So adding this all up, number one was All or Nothing. Number two was Standing in the Shadow. Number three was Slow and Easy. I'm not going to argue with that. That's a it's a great top three. Yeah, that is a great yeah. top three. Yeah. Terrific. Awesome. Um, give me more time. Two sevens. That's what killed it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're right. Um, absolutely loved doing this album. This was Tommy's pick. So yep. it's a great selection. I thank you for picking something that uh, did not make me want to blow my brains out right off the start. We'll get to that later. I think we should let our good friend, Mr. Pooney over here, pick the next one. What oh, boy. Yep. On oh, boy. You, don't you want popular? You don't have, you you don't want have to a tell popular you. You one? Debate, we can debate it later, but you'll yep. make the pick. You don't need to okay. pick now, but next pick will be yours. And that, that, and that does not mean like the Japanese import of Y&T's <laughs> second album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something I can be able to find and get. Uh, please. Not the finished band you just interviewed on fucking <laughs> on Monsters of Rock Cruise, okay? Yeah, I, I, I need the uh, the the EP from Loudness. <laughs> Roudness. Oh, 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 here we go. We're all gonna get. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Roudness. <laughs> oh, we are Loudness. <laughs> hey, that band's actually not bad. We give them a lot of shit, but they could kick ass. <laughs> Where was that, Tom? That some guy goes. Holy shit! Yeah, we are wildness. Oh, what that was that. That was at the uh, uh, when we saw Rat up at Hampton. Yep. <laughs> Somebody overheard me. Somebody say. overheard us. We said <laughs> that as a joke, and some guy goes, "Yeah, loudness." <laughs> no, no, he said, "We are wildness." <laughs> and it just like, oh god! All right, god, poor bastard. So, so you want want me to uh, get to some emails about our previous bonus episode? Yes. Okay. Um, I'd like to read one of them as well. Take the first one, though, Tom. Which one? The one from Serial Man? Go ahead, please. Okay, so this is And from... it's in entirety, please. I know. I won't edit this out. So, Sonny and Steven, brace yourself here. Oh, shit. <laughs> Long-time listener. Wait, 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 first Tom, time... Tom, Tom. Oh. That's the guy I think he's on. Uh, he uses Podchaser, right? Serial Man? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you should know because I asked you one time, Sonny, about it. And I think you said, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've right? got comments from him before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So Serial Man in an email says, long time listener, first time emailer. Love you guys. The addition of Sonny is amazing. And the three of you have better chemistry than his two other podcasts. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you should have gave Steven a warning to shut this shit off. <laughs> But wait, what? wait, then he comes after me. Then he comes. Oh. Then he goes, did Tommy realize how many times he repeated himself? 
Maybe he should be nicknamed Foghorn Leghorn Junior. <laughs> I didn't even know what he was talking about. I didn't hear you repeating yourself. But then he goes, I look forward to more bonus episodes. If you're looking for a record to review, do Quiet Riot Metal Health. Huh, maybe mm-hmm. we will. Maybe we will. Thank you, Serial um, Man. <laughs> I just enjoy it. Some it's finally a, a something that somebody writes to us is not shitting on me. So I, I'll take it. <laughs> Go ahead, Zeus. You're going to read one. So I'll read. Uh, I'll read one of our first ones from that episode. Okay, Tom. Yep. This is by Mac Maddie. Okay. Holy shit! Appetite is the title. The best episode you've done yet. Love the non kiss. Love the album review. Love Hollywood. And love, love your chemistry between the three of you. I was on the floor laughing several times. Nice. Must have been during the timeout section. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say thanks, thanks for thanks for the alias, Stephen Wright. <laughs> All right, and we got another one from our Australian friend Graham Richley. I think he's written to us before. So he says, uh, "Just finished listening to your Appetite for Destruction episode, and I just had to write. Absolutely loved it." Hilarious. I was literally laughing out loud, but it's also spot on in so many aspects. What a killer album. In many ways, it was probably better than some of the Kiss episodes because your love and enthusiasm was so obvious while we all know Kiss inside and out and how lame they can be at times. Shark concert, anyone? I don't usually agree with Zeus's choice, but his song rankings were fantastic. While Sonny Pooney should clearly be called Sonny Looney as his <laughs> as his as his rankings were simply insane. Thanks for taking the time to entertain us. Looking forward to the next one. Graham, number one Australian fan. Oh, Graham, thank you, buddy. Now, who wants to read the big whopper? I got to do that. Oh Please. shit! There's worse. No, this oh, yeah. this one this one isn't. I wouldn't say this one's worse. This is just interesting. I think it's tongue-in-cheek, but it's very interesting. Listen to this one. This is from our good friend Craig Stevens. Um, Message from Down Under, in capital letters. Our Australian fans are quite, uh, you know, exactly. As dedicated kiss and music aficionados that you both obviously are, I am sure, like me, you scratch your head at why bands seem to think they have to prove something to either the critics or maybe themselves and feel the need to get off track and release something far removed from what gets them to the top of their game in the first place. A perfect example is Kiss and the release of Dynasty Unmask the Elder. Here's a band flying along, killing it with the sound, look, image, mystique that no one else has. They decide to mess around with it. Big letters. Why? Here we go. This brings me to your bonus episode. Is this the first signs of cracks starting to appear on the team? Oh, this in the next Uh-oh. paragraph. Oh, no. The next paragraph is the best, Sonny. Listen to I'm, this. I'm, oh, his name isn't Sonny. It's Desmond. I'm picturing Paul Stanley meeting Desmond Child in the 70s and falling under his spell of catchy syrupy lyrics with the result disco kiss in sunny Hollywood Pooney, your Desmond child <laughs> five, oh five question marks are you both in quotes 
under his spell? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Has he promised you untold success and fame? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Big letters, capital letters. Don't fall for his empty promises. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Well, we got more. You guys have a mighty fine product analyzing Kiss from a completely different perspective than other podcasts in that you're fearless in your criticism, funny, but still obviously in love with all the members of the band, both past and present, regardless of their faults. You also come across as freely to admit to being a couple of knuckleheads. I don't know when did we call ourselves knuckleheads, but a few people have said that. And uh, I don't remember that, but anyways, just like the rest of us. And this, I think, is what attracts most of us, everyday guys that we can relate to. Is there some sort of pressure <laughs> being brought to bear by the Pantheon podcast people to try to give Sonny in his podcast a boost? <laughs> <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. And by the way, <laughs> in big capital letters, who the fuck is Hollywood movie? <laughs> this is awful. You guys' wor- world often refers to bands sticking to their wheelhouse. You guys have got all the other podcasters looking over their shoulders, and I can't help but think the deviation into bonus episodes about other bands is a mistake, and the potential to isolate the true Kiss fans and shout it out loudcasters. I didn't know we had a name for our listeners. It is not too late to get back and release your Creatures album. I love what you guys do and hope that you accept this email in the lighthearted manner in which it is intended. P.S. Australia is not on fire. Please, people, come down under for holidays and business. Don't believe the fake news about climate change disaster. We have fires here every summer, just as we see your Californian wildfires on the news and floods, etc., but it doesn't mean the entire country is ruined. Thanks, guys. Crazy, crazy Craig. So there's a lot. There's a lot. There's, there's a lot. There's okay, a lot so, to unpack there. Yeah. So here, here you go. Here, here's my comments. I am not working with Pantheon Podcast. I'm the parking lot attendant. I'm the IT guy. I own the nearest liquor store. <laughs> And I was your Uber driver. And, oh, yeah, I sell ice cream out of a truck. But I am not Desmond Child. <laughs> well, I, mean, let, I just want to add something real quick before I forget this thought because I didn't write this down. Um, we are the ones that asked Sonny to come on. We, me and Tom, both want Sonny to come on. We, Sonny is... Heads and shoulders above where me and Tom are at. And he's an unbelievably cool guy, an unbelievable generous guy, and he's unbelievably funny and knowledgeable. We are so lucky to have him on. Other than that, he's a fucking asshole. Oh. <laughs> I was about to do that. <laughs> and 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 just and just to talk about and just to talk and about I was trying to be serious, except for the last part. I'm serious. Go ahead, Tom. And just to talk about the ideas of the bonus episode. So you know, we talk about how we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and we're proud of that. We're happy to be part of them. They have zero, less than zero, complete hands-off to any content. 
They have never, ever, ever said a word about content. Until tonight when I said my pussy's burning and spit it out and all sorts of shit. No, because I've heard other shows say, you know, maybe we might be the nastiest one on Pantheon, but who knows. But in ter- but the reason the bonus episode came about is because Zeus and I do a KISS podcast. But obviously, if, as you listen to the Guns and Roses episode, you listen to this one. We just have a passion for like 80s, 90s, like hard rock metal music. And we wanted an outlet to talk about it. So we're like, hey, you know, once a month, let's talk about an album that we love. And we said, Sonny is a friend. And Sonny has a a background that obviously you've heard from these two episodes that just adds so much more to these episodes. And, you know, we don't, we're not expecting everybody to love everything we do. You know, I hope Craig enjoys the bonus episodes. Maybe he doesn't, I don't know, but I hope he does. But, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep them here. We love doing them. So yeah. Uh, and you know, that's why we made it bonus. So yep. this is what the part that I, me and Tom were talking about, like, how do we do this? Do we just skip an episode? Like, so we came up with like, listen, we're not going to miss an episode for a bonus episode. We're still going to do our kiss podcast. We're just going to throw one in once a month or so just to have some, a release for us to talk about stuff. We can't keep waiting for the invites or all our friends to their podcast to talk about stuff that we can't control because they're the host. So this was our way. And we got to bring on a great friend who makes this so special and different from our regular podcast. And we, I, at least me and Tom believe that this combination makes the bonus episodes a must listen to. That's for us. That's our opinion, but go ahead, Sonny. No. So, uh, you know, this whole, who the fuck is Sonny? That's hilarious. <laughs> so, all right. I got I, Jericho. I know you're listening. I got a message for you. Oh boy. So who the fuck is Sonny, Sonny Pooney? Well, let me tell you. The next time I see you, Chris Jericho, I'll be the brown guy wearing about three bills that comes up right to you, toe-to-toe, chest puffed out with a facial expression that looks like I'm about ready to throw down and get nasty, and then shake your hand, get your autograph, get a hug, get a <laughs> selfie, say thank you, Mr. Jericho, because I'm a 245% harmless. Phew, almost got my ass kicked. Um that's exactly what I do. To, I, there's still a, a story out there, Tony from Restrained. I met LaRusa once, and I'm like, hi, Mr. LaRusa. Can I get your autograph? And I've never lived that down. Oh, like, okay. he wanted me to go up there, hey, Tony, I'll come to Ace Sucker. Where's Ricky Henderson? Like, I, you know, well, Ricky Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> but this who the fuck is Sonny Poon? It just took off. While. It just took I off. Know. It's crazy. Yeah, and... Uh, no, again, and obviously I think Craig was saying this in jest. I we found the humor in this. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a complaint. We've had so many compliments, as you can tell from the other stuff that we read about this. We thought we thought it was a little funny to hear somebody be wondering and acting as though we're like the Beatles and Yoko, and all of a sudden there's some cracks in the system. Yep. There are no holy sh- I'm the elder. Oh my god. I'm gonna so, jump like, off the next bridge. I, I like the fact that you may be the Desmond child and we've fallen under your spell. How about that? How about that? Do you think he's like this there's some hitting meaning behind Paul falling under the spell of Desmond Child? You know, Desmond Child, the openly gay yep. musician, right? Yep. Songwriter. Oh. Paul's under his spell and got you know, fell into that trap. <laughs> What, what I don't know what he's implying there. Can you imagine if they hadn't worked together already 
and Paul meets Desmond after all the slippery one wet hits. Oh, oh yeah. my God. 89, 90, 91 would have been all Desmond Child songs. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's true. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get to the fun part. Oh, here we go. So we we called this one the... Because you matter to me, and that's why you still matter to me. Um, section of the podcast And that was uh, The idea we originally thought of I was trying to pitch of course Something more vulgar And call it the You make me rock hard segment We're still up in the air Not sure what to call this I am pushing For the you make me rock hard Segment to fly Um, So Tom can ask Sonny well, what matters to him, but I'm going to ask you two fuckers what makes you rock hard. Oh, God. Sonny, All right, you, so, Sonny you, you kick it off. Yeah. What do you got? I'll go first since people are going to be clipping this and using this on other podcasts. I'll just say it out loud. Uh-oh. What makes me rock hard <laughs> is a 32-year-old gentleman named Eric Gronell. <clears throat> he is the singer for Heat, and I'm telling you, if anybody listening out there has got a chance to see Heat, wherever you are in the world, do not miss that chance. They were by far the craziest on the Monsters of Rock, and they just released a new EP, and there's a song called Rise on, on that EP, if you want to give them a chance. But Eric Grinnell is the lead singer and frontman, and he won Swedish Idol in 2007, and oh. that dude is nuts. Nice. Like, we had a Paul Stanley truther in, in with our group, yep. and... Uh, he had to say, okay, that, that that was pretty damn good, and those are some things I've never seen before. So Heat, Eric Grinnell, check out the song Rise. It's awesome. And it makes nice. me rock hard. It makes me rise. Rock oh, hard. God. Oh, boy. Does it make you rise to it? <laughs> maybe, maybe that can be the name of the segment. What makes you rise to it? I All think right. i got to vote rock hard. Let's just vote here. Let's change it to rock hard. Thank fine. you. Fine. Right. We're done. Jesus Christ. Maybe you really got fight. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Me? I don't care. All right. So I'm going to go next. So caught a movie last night uh, that I had been wanting to see since it came out. It's from 2014. It's a movie called Whiplash. The movie was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. It was nominated for Best Picture. It got the Academy Award for Best Actor for the role that J.K. Simmons played. The movie is about a young kid at a music school, like a Berkeley college of music. And he's in, he's a jazz drummer and JK Simmons plays the music instructor who is absolutely a lunatic. He makes the drill instructor from full metal jacket look like captain kangaroo. He's an absolute psychopath. The movie I grew up listening to a lot of jazz and big band music with my dad. So the jazz drumming, I, I know all about it. I know who the big names are, the buddy guy, the uh, buddy, rich Gene Krupa, that kind of stuff. The music, the, 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 the movie is just spectacular, unbelievable acting, unbelievable drama. The, a, a climax of the movie just leaves you breathless. Um, I know it's a couple years old, but if you haven't seen it, I cannot recommend the movie whiplash more. Check it out. It's available for streaming or rental, but it is amazing movie. 
We have slided ins. We got rock hards. We got spit it outs. We got climaxes. We got wow. This, it's a dirty. This, it, it's this, a dirty show. It's a dirty show. It's a dirty show. Go ahead, Zeus. Um, what makes me rock hard? No, we see already. I, let me interrupt. We're getting. We're not doing this. I can't do this. Well, if you want to watch, you can see I'm rock hard. Oh, right see. Now. Go ahead. Um, what makes me rock hard? I told you that um, I I started reading uh, Joey Casada's book, which you can kind of see up here, over here. Yep. Let me see one second. <laughs> yeah. So Casada came on um, PRC, and he goes, "Hey, I'm going to send you the book." Right. Yep. So I I get the book, and he goes, hey, "Can you read it before we do the podcast?" And I'm like. It's 430 fucking pages, Kassad. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I read like 40 pages of that shit, and I'm like, come on. Now I got the audiobook, so it's a little bit easier. Yep. So I was just going to say, and to promote it a little bit, his audiobook just came out. So I started going through this as well. I am flying through this book. Yep. Flying through it. It is an awesome read. Now, especially because he, you know, obviously he's a big kiss guy. Um, and it makes the book, but he's in our age loop. A lot of the stories that he talks about are very similar to our own. Um, he's a likable guy and reading his story and his stuff and all this, uh, him and his friends growing up and the crazy stuff that goes on. I, I, I am not a reader because we'll laugh about this later, Tom. There's a book that we're trying to read for an episode to come up. We're going on like six months. I can't finish this fucking book. It's painful. Painful. And I'm like, I should finish that book. But I started reading Joey's book. Yep. And I'm flying through it. Awesome. Um, you guys should pick it up. Joey Casadas. Start with the dream. I'd get the book because the book has a lot of photos in it. Um, and I just, you know, me, I, I like something physical. I need to have it in my hand. Um, but he's been uh, promoting the fact that it's now on audio form. So if you can't get the book or you're not a book reader and you like to travel and you like to, you know, commute, get the audio version. Um, it is awesome. And we'll have Joey on sometime to talk a little bit about it. But uh, a Start With a Dream, the book by Joey Casada. That's, uh, that, that's what makes me rock hard. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I like what Zeus just said, too, about he likes to have something physical that he can hold in his hand. While he's rock hard. Yeah. So yes. th this whole this whole show is just ending interest very and interestingly. It's, and it's a photo of a guy on the cover of the book. Yes. <laughs> well, oh, great. <laughs> Joey's going to love that. Yes. <laughs> All right, buddy. So, um, Sonny, where can we find you? Uh, growing Up Rock Podcast, Podcast Rock City. Uh, we've been going strong for a while now. Uh, yeah. It's been a great run. And I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely, buddy. You're part of the family now, like it or not. That's right. You're a, you're a made man. You're part of the family. Oh. <laughs> yep. okay. Am I allowed to wa whack a made man, or does that is that not still allowed? Depends on who it is. Depends. <laughs> we're gonna put a we're gonna put a we're gonna put a hit on fog on leg horn. Can you take him out? <laughs> uh, so yeah. So yeah, we love we love having Sonny here. And uh, you guys, if you're listening to us, you've obviously heard him on Podcast Rock City and Growing Up Rock. Great stuff. Check them out on all the podcast platforms, all the social media. And you can find us, Shout It Out Loudcast. Uh, we're on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our email. As you can see, we just read some, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. 
Um, and again, we are part of the Pantheon podcast family who has no say in what we do. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, we love the feedback. We hope you guys enjoyed another uh, extended bonus episode on white snake slide it in. Yeah. The thing I was going to add is, is if you guys notice, we saved the bonus episode responses in email for the bonus episode. We will continue to do so. So if you send us an email, you're like, Oh, they didn't read it. We'll read it at the following bonus episode. So yeah. keep those emails coming. Um, keep me coming. Um, email us <laughs> at shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. It's just our name at gmail.com. And if you can give us one of those five star child reviews so people can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podchaser, or wherever else you find it. Um, usually at this point, we like to give some lyrics. So we call these famous last words. Who wants to go first? Tommy, you can go first. All right. So let's end with this. My heart is burning and the fire is hot. <laughs> My temperature is rising, rising, rising. I'm ready to rock. You set it up again. I'm not yep. gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Go and it's funny before and, I forget. I, I, and it's and it's funny because that was my lyric before we even got into the other part. Go wow. ahead. Wow. Now I don't want sugar-coated loving. Just silver. Just silver tongue tenderness. You gotta give me a certain satisfaction. The kind of love you seal with a kiss. Oh yikes! And. I got to see Sonny blow that kiss. So I'll save that for the next you make me rock hard segment. Um, I'm going to get sappy. I need your loving. I need your charms. I can't stand the thought of you in someone else's arms. Give me one more time. Best song in the album. These two guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. On that note, anything else? Nope. Thank you, everybody. Sonny, thank you again for joining us. We're always having a great time. This is awesome. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you, uh, Kiss Army. Thank you, Sonny. Thank you, Tom. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 